Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is Hi, and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm your co-host, Jeannie Rice, along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Uh, thank you all for, um, thank Michelle for filling in for me. Thank everybody for um, several people texted and said, are you okay? Why are you not on the show? It was an awesome time with the family, and we enjoyed it, and we're now back in Ellington and settling down. And so thank you for all the thoughts, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Monday, March the 28th, 2016, and our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us, and we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Well, thank you, dear heart, and we're honored that everybody who chooses to join us does so each time that you do, and it's a privilege to get to uh, to co-host this show with Jeannie and uh, to provide support and insight into the dynamics that we've learned through the first century Aramaic teachings, especially the teachings on forgiveness. If you have not yet accessed the specific tool of forgiveness, you can do so from our website, which is www.whyagain.org. And in the center of the page, you may have to scroll down a little bit, you'll see a bullseye. If you click on that bullseye, it will open a whole series of links. You can also go over to the, and, and those links will tell you all about the forgiveness process. It'll walk you right into and right through it, including at least 16 radio shows where Either Dr. Tim or myself or Jeannie has walked somebody through the whole forgiveness process. You can also, when you go to the home page, or actually any other page, on the right-hand side, you'll see social media links, and you can click on those social media links for Facebook and, and those sorts of things. But also, the bottom one is a little red square with an arrow in it, and that will take you to our Facebook page. If you look through the uh, the videos, I don't know how many are on there right now, probably 50 or so. We're getting ready to put another bunch of videos on. But the uh, the first hour of the latest version of Why Is This Happening to Me Again is on the site, as well as 
a PowerPoint. If you scroll down and look for the uh, PowerPoint video, it will tell you about the uh, the forgiveness process. It takes uh, 35 years of work and puts it into 24 minutes. So after 24 minutes, you'll know basically what I learned over 35 years of working with and diligently working to understand the forgiveness process. And it is just an absolutely amazing, amazing tool when you put it to work in your life. And we're here to support and assist people in learning how to use that tool and how to move their lives in different directions than perhaps one does when they're on automatic pilot. The basic bottom line of automatic pilot in the behavior aspect of life comes from dynamics that, that relate to our power person. And uh, we did a lot of conversation about power person dynamics last week. A lot of the effects of power person showed up in the questions that were asked actually the last couple of weeks. And so I thought I'd do a bit of a review of those dynamics to give people a taste of and some insight into how to watch for those power person dynamics. Because what happens is, once they kick into gear, they tend to happen automatically. It takes absolutely no effort whatsoever to play out a power person dynamic. It does, however, take effort to do something different than that. And in some cases, it can take a significant amount of self-control and effort to do something other than look through the eyes of the power person dynamic in yourself. Power person is someone in your life who had more power over your life than you did, and usually it was when we were a small child, though not always, that situation was perceived by the child as survival. What happens is behaviors related to the power person tend to lock in and run a person's whole life. And there are basically three behaviors possible when one is functioning out of a power person dynamic. And these behaviors come in the form of perceptions that tend to prompt us to think, to act, and to speak in certain ways. And, you know, we've talked about perception before, recognizing that perception is a construct. Well, behavior is a construct that comes through perception. And that once we perceive things a certain way, even though our perception, they've done experiments with, uh, with perception where they'll, let's say, for instance, have a, an object that's 2,000 feet away. Boy, nobody could tell what that is. And they'll slowly bring the object closer, closer, closer. And if the object is difficult to make out, then one might say, well, that's a, uh, a refrigerator. The object's 1,000 feet away, and it looks like a refrigerator. And then the object gets to within maybe 300 feet where it becomes obvious that the object is not a refrigerator, it's a television set. And what they found is that if you take someone who's at that 300-foot mark who looks at it and says, well, that's a television set, you know, everybody looks and says that's a television set. But the person who decided it was a refrigerator when it was 1,000 feet away it might have to get to within 50 feet of them before they realize that it's a television set, that they'll shift their perception from it being a refrigerator to a television set. So it can be really valuable to do an inventory of the behaviors that you 
have selected to do out of the power person dynamic and selected maybe a misnomer that implies conscious choice where there is no conscious choice. The three behaviors uh, depend on levels of stress. When one has no stress whatsoever, they'll tend to do whatever they did to get along with the power person. When stress starts to build, they'll do whatever they did to resist and survive with their power person. And when they become ultra stressed, they'll do what their power person did to them that they hated the most. And so once that perception forms the power, for instance, the, the, the behavior that they did that they hated the most of their power person, once that perception forms, it takes a huge amount of energy to shift that construct in the mind, much more than if one were just selecting a new behavior at the moment when whatever it is occurs, occurs. So when you in- investigate that, you, you want to start to look at how your power person functioned in relationship to you and the people around you. So let's imagine that if you've, if you've been in relationships and it seems that you're always in an adversarial position with your, with your spouse, then you might want to stop and look at, and this came out of some conversations two weeks ago where you know, we had a particular conversation going on and, and the person who was asking the questions was very committed to, yeah, well, they were doing this and they were like this and they were this and they were that, you know, and everything got turned into something about their partner rather than something about themselves. And so if your power person was in relationship to you, an adversary, if it was always an adversarial relationship, then the tendency will be, as we saw in that conversation a couple of weeks ago, the tendency will be for everything to be perceived from the power person as adversarial and responded to as though your partner was an adversary. So what might that look like? Well, if you look at some examples, if if your power person functions as an adversary, when they were under stress, did they accuse you? Could you never do it right? Did they demean you? Did they talk down to you? Did they tell you what was wrong with you, attack you, control you by telling you how to do it or or telling you something or telling you what you could or could not do? Did they tell you that you were to blame for what they were feeling? And if you pointed that out to them, would they accuse you of the same thing? If they were power person dynamics, then notice that you'll find that under stress, your tendency will be to accuse your partner, to demean them, to talk down to them, to tell them what was wrong with them, to attack them, to control them by telling them or telling them what they could or could not do. It would be to blame them for what you were feeling And if they pointed out that you were feeling it, it would be to accuse them of the same thing instead of stopping and going, hmm, never thought of it that way that I was blaming you for what I was doing. But you notice you just did the same thing. So if that's the power person dynamic that you watched with uh, your power person in relationship to you, then automatic pilot says your mind will do those same things with your partner. If, your power person's relationship with 
if it was a parent, uh, how did they treat their spouse? Uh, and what did their power person uh, relationship look like? Did their spouse leave? Did they threaten? Did they rage? Did they abuse? What kind of things went on in that relationship? And if all of the other uh, dynamics we just talked about, demeaning, talking down to you, telling you what's wrong with you, attack, control, etc. If If that's what happened with your power person's spouse, then notice that you will tend to behave in such a way that your spouse will want to leave. They'll threaten. They'll rage. They'll abuse. Or if that's what was done with you, then the tendency will be that you'll threaten, rage, abuse. The, the game just gets played out. And when we say to somebody, you know, there's a commitment that we offer in our Healing Through Relationships workshop, and the commitment starts out, I promise to trust you enough to tell you the truth and treat you lovingly, gently, and with respect. And people say, well, but, you know, they deserve my... It's like, well... What makes you think they, well, didn't you see what they just did? Of course they deserve my rage. It's like, okay. You know, I was watching and I saw what they did. And any reasonable person on the planet would rage at them. You're right. You're right. Anybody living by the culture standard would rage and make war on them. But the question is not, did they deserve that rage or to have war made on them? The question is, do you want to put rage and war into your physiology, into your body? Because you're going to get the original of that behavior. They're just going to get the carbon copy. And in truth, they may not be home to accept the carbon copy, and that carbon copy is coming right back to you. And so who told you that you'd get more of what you wanted if you were defensive, if you were attacking, if you were demeaning, if you were to put somebody down. Nobody had to tell you those things. All they had to do was model that that's how they could win over you and control you. And you learned that the way to win and control people was to do those same things. And if one takes a breath and realizes that what they want to put into their own physiology is a loving, gentle, respectful conversation, then to stop and take a breath and have a loving, gentle, respectful conversation takes significant effort. If accusation would happen, it takes significant effort to refrain from accusing because that's what the perceptual system based on learning from the power person said works best to get what you want in your world. In truth, it's never worked for anybody in any way, shape or form. But if that's what allowed, and here's, here's where the learning piece comes in. If the child looks back into the child's mind, or the adult, pardon me, looks back into the child's mind, early childhood, and they see that there was a situation where the power person wanted to win, and the way they did was by threatening, abusing, putting down, telling them what was wrong with them, whatever. If that's what that that power person did, 
Then the child looks back into their own mind as advisor and says, hey, when the stress is up and the chips are down, how did my power person win over me? And that becomes the learning that the child expresses in the future as an adult. And it's absolutely effortless. It's like the perceptual system simply serves that up as advice on how to behave. And it destroys relationship. Unless you're in a relationship with someone who's really conscious and doesn't buy into the attack nature of power person dynamics, then the tendency is to simply destroy relationship with that particular dynamic. So when one wakes up and realizes that, then the, it takes great effort. People think in terms of it being hard to live lovingly, gently, and with respect in the results that produces because it's automatic pilot to do the opposite. But in fact, it's really hard to live on automatic pilot. It takes no effort to do those behaviors, but the fallout, the drama, the trauma, the broken relationships, the broken lives, the heartache, the terror, the rage, the, the attack, the defense, the pain is outrageous. And that makes life really hard. But When hypnotized by a power person dynamic, it takes effort to get out of the loop of thinking that's how to win and to stop and to own that this response that comes with the hard edge, this response that comes with an accusation, this response that comes with a put down, this response that comes with a, you know, a, uh, an attack creates really difficult relationship dynamics. Well, that makes for the hardest way to live because of the results it produces. It's easy because it's effortless. When the fist clenches, the jaw clenches, the hands tighten, the chest tightens, it can be really helpful in that moment. Because perception is feeding you a power person dynamic. The stress is up and the chips are down. And the perceptual system is feeding you the behaviors based on a power person dynamic that fully justify that the person sitting in front of you deserves to be abused. And it takes great effort sometimes to take a breath and stop and consciously, purposely speak Responsibly, loving, gentle, and respectful words. That takes effort, but it's, while people say that sounds like a hard way to live, it's the easy way to live because the results it produces is respectful, caring, sweet relationships rather than relationships that always carry that abusive, hard edge and the difficulty that goes with it. Now, one of the challenges in changing that power person dynamic, and you know, it, you can one of the fastest ways to catch yourself at it 
because your mind will already have a story about how it's about them, and if they just change it, it's their fault, and they need to correct, and blah, 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 blah. It'll just go on and on and on. But if you notice yourself internally with some kind of a hard edge, and you'll recall last week we I, I coined a new word. Instead of emotion, I coined the term dismotion. If there is an emotion based in hostility or fear, you'll notice that your culture and your power person have programmed your brain to look outside of you to accuse them and find them as the one with the problem. Give you all kinds of reasons to talk about them, think about them, try to change them so that you can avoid what's going on inside of you. That's just what the mind does when it's got a power person dynamic that's based in some form of hostility or fear. But in the moment where that hard edge response comes up in you, rather than calling it an emotion caused by the person you're standing in front of, like you made me mad, you made me sad, you made me afraid, you hurt me, you disturbed me, this is all your fault, when emotions less than love move in you, if you can stop and take a breath and just in a very quiet way to yourself say, this hard edge is about me. Your hard edge will never get you what you want in your world or in relationships. Your hard edge will never get you what you want. And if you can stop, instead of thinking in terms of the emotion you're feeling, change the language. Words are keys to how perceptual system operates. If you have a hostility or fear-based emotion moving in you and recognize that hostility or fear-based emotion is yours, and you shift the language from this being an emotion to this being a dismotion. I'd really love to see the whole culture's language shift on this. I'm feeling a dismotion right now. That is, e-motion being energy in motion, dismotion being dis-ease energy moving in me. So hostility and fear indicates that a dis-ease energy is moving in the mind and the body of the person who's feeling the dismotion. And when we can shift off of the game of denial, remember our definition of denial in this work is when I think or speak as though someone outside of me is the cause of something inside of me, then I dissociate from the cause of what's inside of me, and it's no longer mine to change. That's why I want to have a conversation about everybody else. But when I can stop and take a breath and go, oh, I'm feeling this dismotion, this dismotion, this hostility or fear is informing me that there is a disease moving in me. I think I'll stop. Stop soften my hard edge and own this dismotion. And as I do, and I soften into it, I can expose the root of it to love. 
using any and all of the tools. You know, every tool we teach is about how to do that. And when I can expose the root of what's moving in me to love, then I can be free of it. My aches, my pains, my diseases are going to tend to disappear when I do that. If you notice there are certain times where there's an intensification of pain, take a look at the dismotions that were warning you because always you get a warning. It doesn't just come out of the blue. You know, you sit in front of a certain stimulus and up comes the dismotion. If you blame the stimulus, then you'll never get to the root of the dismotion and your disease will grow. If you recognize the stimulus is moving a dis-ease energy in you, a dismotion, then you get to take a breath, soften, and go, ah, this one's about me. I think I'll soften. I think I'll forgive. I think I'll let this energy go. And as you do that, the power person dynamic and all the lies that go along with it, because remember... Your mind will never tell you. If, if what your power person always did was put you down, when you put someone else down, and you, when the stress is up and the chips are down 50 years later, and you put someone else down, as we were talking about in the conversation back with, uh, with Cap a couple of weeks ago or a week or so ago, if you put somebody down, your mind won't tell you you're putting them down. Your mind will just tell you that you're protecting yourself. Taking care of yourself. You know, look what they've done to me. Look how they're responsible for my dis-ease in motion in me. That is my rage. And therefore, through my rage, I will puke on them. And when I do, I get the original of the puke that I do. I increase my disease energy. But I can stop and talk about me and think about me. Oh, I have a this motion moving in me. I have a disease energy moving in me in motion that I can now soften into and forgive. The person that I was ready to pour all this puke on, I can stop and go, ooh, that's mine. Wow. I went through so many years of that. No wonder my mind keeps going back to that. And now I have forgiveness, I can soften, I can remove those energies. And as I do, everything in life changes. And as I go to deeper and deeper levels of doing that work, I will become more and more vital. And as I become more and more vital, I become more and more empowered to go to deeper levels of that work. So it's an upward spiral that could be interpreted as a downward spiral because when I get to a new level of vitality, I can go to a new depth of my pain. And so I say, gee, this is more intense than anything I've ever felt. Well, yes, it's more intense than anything you've ever felt because until yesterday when you had this new level of vitality, you couldn't feel at that depth. You had that hidden. You kept that out of sight. And so the intensity can increase as you do your work and you're able to go to deeper depths because you're at new heights of vitality. And so that's what we're here to support. That's what we're here to have people understand. And we are appreciative of the fact that you're here to share that with us. Jeannie, do we have Dr. Tim with us today? We do, and he's on, and we also have a caller. Okay. Well, 
knowing that Dr. Tim will say, let's go to our caller, let's go to our caller and say hello. Okay, it's area code, hold on, let me flip over to the other screen, area code 781, you're on the air. Who do we have? 781. 781, you're on the air. Give us a name. Where are you calling from? They just disappeared off the switchboard, but we do have another caller. Area okay. code 207. Well, 207, you're on the air. Who do we have? The captain. Hello. Well, hey there, young man. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I just want to call and share something that I was that, that was um that my psychologist here in, in Fort Lauderdale is kind of helping me process through. And he uh-huh. is telling awesome. yeah, he's telling me, I want to get your take on it. He's telling me that if my mate has in her mind that all of her relationships end in abandonment, then right. And, right. She, and she knows my triggers, she's going to do everything she can in her power to, to trip my triggers to get me to act a certain way so I will abandon her when she's done with the relationship. That's the power person yeah. dynamic. In her or me. Well, not not in her, but in her and in you. So remember that as you as he says that about her, he's also saying that about you. You're not exempt. She's not exempt. That's right, the way right. the dynamics work. That's that's the part we each play in how that plays out. Now here's the game is when I recognize that if I'm in a dismotion, if I've got a disease energy moving in me, and I think or speak about my partner, then I just dissociated from the part of me that I just had the opportunity to heal, and I won't be healing it. I'll be thinking about my partner and what's wrong with them. When I stop and go... Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, go ahead. Well, just just to recognize that that principle operates in two directions so if your game is and i think that's part of what your past is about is abandonment then you will tend to act in ways that will cause her to abandon you that's the the matching bags of garbage that we talk about in the healing through relationships workshop so when i recognize that I have a matching bag of garbage with someone, what I have to do is I need to get conscious of that dynamic in me that I can change so that I change that dynamic in the relationship. However, what most people do is they see the dynamic in their partner and they want their partner to change the dynamic that they think they see in their partner. So that's why when we do responsibility communication, The whole idea of the responsibility communication is I'm going to talk about my dismotion and what's going on inside of me that I now have the opportunity to shift and heal and transform to love. And as I do that, I will tend to open a pathway for my partner to also see that it's possible. And, you know, there'll be times when both, both people in a relationship will be under stress And the tendency will be for there to just be power persons playing off of each other. But there'll be other times where I'm conscious enough to use the tools and I can see that my partner is really in her stuff. 
and when she's in her stuff, I'm in my stuff, and I can either I can do one of two things. I can go look at that. She's in her stuff. Look what she's doing. She really has a problem. If she doesn't change, there's trouble. Or I can stop and take a breath and go, whoa, I'm projecting everything of mine into my brain's image of my partner here. I'm going to stop because I'm the one who's feeling the dis- this disturbance. I'm the one that's feeling the dis ease energy or the dismotion and I'm going to re, uh, focus my conversation on me and recognize that what I'm feeling is about me rather than trying to make what I'm feeling about my partner. Okay, so there'll be times I, I, when I'll be able to do that and my partner won't. And, and I'll be a model for my partner to see that. And there'll be times when she'll be able to do that and I can't and she'll be a model for me. So together we tend to move into an upward spiral, and if neither of us can do it, that's when we stop and take a breath and go, oh, neither of us doing it. We're really in our stuff. Let's put this on the shelf for a minute, and let's get back to what connects us each to love and move through these layers. Yes, and so I, I, it's – Yeah, I'm seeing that now. I'm, I'm, I processed what you talked about, what we talked, talked about all last week. and um, Right. And I, I'm I'm really past the point of because I understand what was going on. It's easier for me to process the stuff if I understand what's going on. And now what I'm now what I'm saying is I'm trying to stay the loving side of give the loving caring space to give her what she needs. What I'm seeing now is that her power play person is playing out through the through pushing away and keeping away and not allowing to be near and all that. And I'm trying I'm trying to I'm, I, I am really. I understand what she's going through, and I'm sure her pain right now was probably ten times more than the pain. All the pain I put her through is probably ten times more than the pain that she's put me through, just because of the dynamics uh-huh. of the style. So I'm I'm, I'm right. being that loving, caring space, and I'm giving her what she needs. But my my other psychologist is telling me that that there may come a point that she doesn't need. She doesn't, uh, I don't know what the word is he used. My, my brain's kind of going blank right now. But there becomes a time that, that to protect myself, which I'm not willing to do that right now, because I, I've told her that I'm not leaving the relationship until she tells me it's over. But he's telling me that if this goes on long enough, then I have to step in and protect myself. With what you're calling is what he's saying, yeah. what you're calling is self-love. I have to draw the line and say this is, this is, a, this is where this ends, either move or move. And I don't know where that. I don't know how to do that because I don't. I don't want this relationship to end or, or move on. Right. So notice how your conversation is focused on it ending, you moving on, and you protecting yourself. That's your dismotion. That's no, yours. That's you got nothing to do with her. It's not, mine. it's not mine. It's what he's he's telling me. No. That's what he's well, telling me because I, be I have no intention at all of. I have no intention of all of leaving the relationship at all. Now, but, life, but remember, my life is done. Remember in the uh, in the intensive when we talked about regulatory speech. Yes. So remember, Shakespeare informs oh. us: my words fly up, my thoughts remain below. So here's what you just told me: is I have the intention of leaving in this relationship, no, and this I will be abandoned. Yeah. No, this is what he but, told me, and but, I was relaying to you what he told me. I, yeah. Those were not my yeah. words at all. I'm telling you what the doctor told yeah. me. Okay. Those so were take not breath. at all my words. They were a relay of what I was told that I need to consider. Yeah. 
So I have no take intention. a breath and be. Okay. Yeah. I have every intention of okay, staying so, in this relationship. So, 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 say it, so say it to me again. I have no intention of. No, I just said I have every intention of staying in this relationship until the end. Yeah. So, so my, my input to you, and I'm going to invite you to go back and listen to this show once or twice more. I will. Because every time you spoke about it, and it wasn't the doctor's words, they were your words, is I have no intention of abandoning, I have no intention of leaving in this relationship. Abandonment is over in this relationship for me. And, and my offering to you is just observe it. They're your words, and they're telling you what brain cells you're still working out of, and they're abandonment brain cells and leaving. And so I just watch my words. My words fly up. My thoughts remain below. There are still thoughts about abandonment and leaving under the surface. And there are probably going to be, this is a core issue for you, 77 times 70 more worksheets to do around that issue of abandonment. That's the still abandonment there. You're not I'm finished feeling, with it. The abandonment I'm feeling is coming from her. She's, she's abandoning the relationship yeah. at this yeah. point. And yeah. Well, so, actually, I don't think she's so abandoning the relationship. I think I think she's just. Um, it's none of my business what she's doing. I guess. Yeah. I'm just, well, I'm just glad she's in the when I talk to her. Part. Yeah, I'd offer that's a defensive thought. It's none of my business. Of no, course, she's I'm your told. partner. It is your. Yeah. No, that's what I'm told. It is your I shouldn't business. ask questions. I'm told I should have no expectations and nothing's my business. That's what yeah. I'm told. So take a breath. So take a breath. <sighs> So notice there's a lot of dismotion moving in you right now. And my suggestion is that with that kind of dismotion moving, you pull back to conversations about yourself instead of conclusions about her and what she tells you. And my offering is that abandonment from our conversations in the past, abandonment has been a lifelong issue for you. You've been working on it with the forgiveness tool for about two months now, two and a half months. I promise you, Captain, you're not finished with it. You may fool yourself into it. You may wish you were. You may speak as though you were, but when the stress is up and the chips are down, notice that your language still defaults to abandonment and leaving. That means there's more work to be done. That's all. It's not, you know, it's not that there's anything wrong with that or bad about it. It's just, oh, notice that I'm telling myself in an unconscious way that I still have more to deal with here. And when he talks about protecting yourself, my offering would be that you let go of all need for protection because protection means I'm setting up a field, an an energy field. Protection comes from, oh, oh. I have this hurt part, and I'm going to be left. And so when I set up a protection against leave, somebody leaving me, I just set up a literal high-energy wave that's going to tend to cause those who gravitate to me to have a leaving issue. I'm going to set up the, the energy, literally the request, for them to leave. And they'll probably fulfill that. But as I keep my conversation focused on me, I keep thinking and speaking about what's going on inside of me that is of a deceased nature, then I move through layer by layer by layer. When I reach a place where I am fully connected to this sweet, awesome, active presence of love, 
then there won't even be a conversation about their leaving or their staying. I'll simply be connected to this sweet, awesome space of love. And from there, I will behave in ways that the people who relate to me absolutely cherish and love being with me. And if they have issues around leaving and abandonment, those issues will surface. And if I've truly worked through all of that, my conversation won't be about what they're going to do or what I need to protect in them, et cetera, et cetera. My conversation will be about, and here I am holding a space of love and compassion for you, like actually, truly staying connected to this sweet, active presence of love as you go through these abandonment issues and this pain. And, and then with what you just shared, you know, I recognize I inflicted a huge amount of painful energy. I shot out a lot of energy that if anybody's got stuff, man, I, quote, unquote, in the culture's vernacular, I know I really hurt you. Now, that's not possible, but in the way the culture thinks about relationship, the way the average psychologist thinks about relationship, they would say, yes, you really hurt her. Now, her hurt is her stuff. Your hurt is your stuff. When I'm in pain or turmoil, I need to keep my conversation focused on my work and what I need to do. And when I do, I'll arrive at that space now. 77 times 70 worksheets around one of these big issues might take six months, two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years before I'm really truly finished with something that deep where when it's triggered, I would go into such a rage that I would lash out the way you described yourself lashing out. A couple of months of work on that hasn't even scratched the surface. You're getting conscious of it. You're starting to work through layers of it, but there are many layers yet to come. And, you know, as I said last week, my invitation to you would be instead of convincing yourself or convincing her that you're finished with that issue, that you own and recognize I'm not finished with that issue. And when it comes up, here's the kind of space I'm committed to creating. Here's the kind of behavior I'm committed to when that stuff comes up. Instead of lashing out, I'm going to speak lovingly, gently, respectfully. Instead of attacking, I'm going to take a breath and I'm going to ask for support. I'm going to pick up the commitment and I'm going to read the commitment. If my hostility is up, I'm going to pick up a worksheet and I'm going to forgive as to my hostility. If I'm having a conversation about and blaming you and trying to figure out what you're going to do and why this is your problem, I'm going to stop and I'm going to pick up the responsibility communication tool and I'm going to talk about myself. If I'm in that space of thinking that you're the, the cause of what I'm feeling, then I'm going to pick up the codependence worksheet and I'm going to look at my advice to you and I'm going to follow that advice in my life. I'm going to take each of the tools and apply it and use it to heal me. And remember that when we're talking about any given individual healing themselves, we're talking about them not just healing themselves but all of the generations. And it's just a long-term project. It's not going to be what over about, in a hurry. What about the commitment when, you, when you're reading the commitment and, and it's just words? It's just, it doesn't mean anything. Well, 
when when the commitment doesn't mean anything, it's because under the surface, my offering would be under the surface, what's moving is some sort of hostility or fear that just blows out my capacity to actually feel the impact of I'm going to treat you lovingly, gently, and with respect. If there's so much rage or guilt or fear moving in me and I say those words, it's like it's like there's this mountain moving in me and I'm putting this little tiny hill on top of it and the tiny hill has very little or no impact on the mountain but if I do the tiny hill once I have an impact of let's say 1% if I do it twice I have an impact of 2% if I do it three times and I'm really committed to moving there I might have an impact of four times if I do it another time I might have an impact of six and as I do the forgiveness and it's a dual process as I do the forgiveness work and and I'm really applying forgiveness to my rage and my fear then as that mountain gets smaller remember we feel from and you know one of the things you said a few minutes ago is yeah well this is how she makes me feel captain she can't make you feel a thing remember this, the line in the the uh, eagle song Ah, but she can't take you anywhere. You don't already know how to go. <clears throat> you know how to go there because you've been there. You've done that. Your work is to forgive your capacity to ever go there again wherever she leads you. That's healing. And as I stay focused on my work and what I need to do, I'm not going to have to protect myself. I'm not going to have to build any walls. I'm going to keep doing my work. So, and so I'll get I'm to the point where the hostility and fear-based mindset is so weakened that it does not unconsciously run the show of my life 24-7, 365. Then when I speak the words, I promise to trust you enough to tell you the truth and treat you lovingly, gently, with, and with respect. I'm going to take a breath and I'm going to feel the words lovingly, gently, and with respect reverberate through every cell in my body and I'm going to experience what the energy of those thoughts produces in me rather than the other energy that's been moving in my life my whole life but it's a big piece of work to do that it's not going to happen overnight okay so say I'm not I'm not willing to I'm not well I'm I'm in this relationship for the duration so I don't see her for six okay. months a year. I mean, when, where do you draw the line? I mean, what do you you got to draw the line somewhere? Well, we we you know last week we had a lot of conversation about the leaving issue. I think it was last Friday's show and then Tuesday's show. We talked a mm-hmm. lot about the leaving issue, and you know, I can't make that choice for anybody else, as Doctor Tim says. Everybody has a right to leave at whatever point they choose to leave. And one of the beautiful things that, I wa- that he adds to that is, and then I need to realize there are consequences when I do that. So everybody has to make their own choice in that regard. I'll tell you this. I, forgot about I that. used Thank to you. be a leaver. I used to be a leaver. First instant an issue came up, like I couldn't say the M word. Marriage, you've got to be kidding. And first iota of trouble, I'm out of here. I can only share from my personal experience, and everybody take from it what they choose or throw it away if they choose to. I will offer that the day that I took 
leaving off the table as a possible behavior and as a threat and said, and this is what put this line in the commitment, I am here for you and with you. I put that line in there because I faced that leaving issue. And I'll tell you that for me, when I did that, when I took leaving off the table, my relationships enhanced a thousand percent. When that energy was gone and my mind could no more think in terms of because we've got a stress going on right now, I'm out of here. But I had done enough work to train my mind to say, and I'm committed on a deeper level, and I'm committed on a deeper level, and I'm committed on still a deeper level, that my relationships enhanced a thousand percent. So I'd be careful of the leaving issue. And ultimately, as I said when we were talking about this last week, I, I think that the leaving issue includes death. I think we need to take that off the table. The reason I'd offer people die is not because they age. It's because they don't want to deal with their lives and they put enough dismotion into themselves to kill themselves. And I think that ultimately, one of the skills that we as human beings to really truly live as human beings need to develop is the ability to reach into. And this is, this is a skill that I don't believe probably has been conceived of by one person on planet Earth for who knows how many thousands of years. And that is the ability to reach into every nook and cranny of my mind, my body, my emotions, and my genetics, access everything that is less than love, and forgive it, remove it, so that there's nothing of that left in me whatsoever. That's a skill that I think needs to be developed. And I say that because that's what I've chosen to learn. Now, that may be just my projection. It may be foolish. Everybody's got to make their own choice. I'll just offer that. The, the taste of sweetness that comes with it is beyond all understanding. Well, just for the record, I mean it this time. But leaving is off the table, and this time I do mean it. I'm not going to change my mind in five hours. Okay, so so I'm then not, notice that, that the way you language it, so, so notice the line in the commitment isn't, and I'm not leaving now, that's off the table. I'm not leaving The ever. line in the I'm commitment is, and, and, and notice that the line in the commitment is, I'm not leaving ever because that's still about I'm leaving. Notice the line of the commitment is, I am here for you and with you, keeping communication open and keeping love conscious, active and present as we heal, celebrate life and grow together. That's what I'm going to do. When I talk about what I'm not going to do, I'm moving in the direction of what I'm not going to do. Thank you. When I talk about what I am going to do, I'm here for you and with you. I think that's the hardest thing to learn. My commitment. I mean, we're changing. I mean, recognize, Captain, we're changing a thousand generations of leaving. I mean, think about from just just look in the generations since you were a child and can remember. Look in the generations at how many people in your family system, and I'll look in the generations of mine, how many people in your family system left? 
left traumatically through death or through suicide, left in, in a big rage and a fit in divorce and separation, left children, left parents, left spouses. Look at the moment at which we came in as this sweet, awesome presence of love, just hold a newborn child to recognize how we came in and look at the moment where we left ourselves and bought into a world of hostility or fear and literally self-abandoned. That is the biggest trauma that anyone will ever work through. And it's huge to even start to approach that, let alone actually work it through, work it out. It's a process. It's a big one. I'll offer that in, in all the years and you know, going on close to 50 years now of doing this, that I perhaps have seen four people who have approached the depth of that leaving issue of self-abandonment that happened before the age of three, developing an image in the brain of who we are based on power person dynamics and giving up the sweet uh, ecstatic presence of love in my body for another self based in hostility or fear. I've maybe seen four people who have gone to the depth of work to approach that and to begin to work through it. It's it's major. It's major. And what about the average person can't even think about it, let alone talk about it. What about the four people? I'm saying that over all the years that I've worked with people individually and in intensives and such, that I've perhaps seen four people who have actually approached that level of work and worked at that issue on that depth. Well, let me know when I'm, one, when I'm number five, please. Okay, we'll do it. And um, I'm wondering, you know, I had sent you a text last week, and uh, Miss Julie said that she was willing to do some worksheets with you. How is that going? You know what? I was going to call her today. The Easter weekend, I was super busy. I was going to call her today. Oh, okay, cool. Well, you know, to have that, I mean, Julie is a master at these worksheets. And so to have her willingly volunteer to say, I'll give you six sessions to support you is huge. I take advantage of that as quickly as I can if I were you. I was actually going to ask you to tell I was going to call her today. Awesome. Very cool. All right, sir. Well, we've got another caller or two, so Jeannie's uh, just putting her hand up saying, hey, we've got a couple more callers, so unless there's Thank something you. else specific we can support you with. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate you, sir. Blessings. Bye-bye. Blessings to you. Jeannie, you've got another caller for us? Yes, I do. We actually have two, and we're down to four minutes. So um, if we don't get to both of them, would the other caller please call back? 856, you're on the air. Hi, Michael. It's David calling. Hey there, young man. Welcome. Good to hear your voice. Thank you. I'm calling you from the state of dismotion. Uh-huh. <laughs> I um, thought about telling Congress they should form a 51st state called confusion. Yeah, this may be a call that we'll we'll need to continue on 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 other days. Um, but I have a lot going on, and I spoke to you a little bit about it over the weekend. Um, right. Basically, I the somebody really close to me. Uh, both of us have lost a parent 
um, recently, and this person went into a uh, state um, of psychosis and ended up in a psych ward, and that's something that happened to me 17 years ago, about just a few months after I started doing this work after years of pretty severe alcoholism. So uh, I went to visit her, and I lasted about 45 seconds uh, before the terror had welled up in me so much, um, and I believe it was precisely about the issue you just described, about abandoning myself, that I was going to uh, lose everything, go into a state of being gone, and and, and lose everything in my life. Right. I hear you. And, uh, and it really, you know, I've been working on responsibility for a number of for about 20 years, 17 actually, and um, maybe 18 years. And so I'm, as you know, I'm fairly adept with it. Uh, but in this case, it honestly seemed, it did not seem like something that was inside of me being resonated by anything. It just felt like um, I was swept up in a tide of stuff that, that I could not um, just say, okay, you know, I feel this. You know, uh, you can, uh, the confusion's coming up easy, even as I speak. Although I, I think I'm being pretty clear, but I, I, the, the, the terror that came up from the ground into my chest was kind of, uh, it was, I wasn't placed to say, okay, um, all right, now where's 1A, 1B? I wasn't, in worksheet mode, I was in full-on fight or flight. And, and go go ahead. As as we spoke about when you shared that, and you said, "Well, I've never felt this kind of intensity in my body before." Yeah. And my response to you was, "Well, actually, you have, but you know, use the word severe alcoholism." When that energy, when that dismotion was moving, instead of allowing yourself to feel it, instead of being with it, you would cover it up with alcohol. And my offering would be now, here you are, choosing to do things that support you in your healing process. You're going to feel that full-on intensity of all the years that a fifth of scotch covered it up. And I hear how intense it's being. Thank you. Um, we're down to one minute, so I'm wondering maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll call in again tomorrow. Uh, do you have any uh, of a mind shifter suggestion or a worksheet? Uh, well, worksheets or worksheets, but any suggestions about, that I can take? How about take? it's sure it's safe and healing for me to feel all the terror that's in my body. Oh. Um, I noticed something in working with the word healing that there's a I, I I uncovered a you know like healing was the hill on top of a mountain of fight like I've looked at I've had a, a, a thing about healing being being a fight so when I when I was doing safe mm. and healing I kind of I kind of noticed like it's and and a fight is against myself it's like I'm healing we're gonna lose the connection in just a couple of seconds so let's start okay. as soon as the show starts tomorrow and continue this conversation okay blessings. I'm content.